I'm gonna open with the cheering one. Wow, you people, you people are so kind. Thank you so much for our live studio audience. Welcome into the Young Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Jay. And I'm Aaron. Welcome, guys. We finally got here. We got to our first episode of the big show, if you will, after three weeks of me drowning on and let's talk and rambling on and you sitting there and listening. So we appreciate that. We appreciate your guys' support so far. It's going to be a wild and crazy ride, and we are here for it. Today, on our first episode, we're going to hit the topics of perspective, split families, while providing you some high-quality headlines toward the end of the show. So grab a juice box, grab a snack, sit down, and let's talk. Before we jump too far in, though, I want to thank today's partners of the podcast, Dano Seasoning. Tagline for Danos is yum yum gets you some, or as my five-year-old would say about the spicy Danos, yum yum spicy some and it holds up. I've used this stuff on chicken, beef, pork, spaghetti, pasta salads, in salad dressings, pretty much everything except the desserts. Low sodium, no MSG, no sugar, and all natural ingredients bring you a world of flavor in one bottle. Go to danoseasoning.com, use the code BALLBOY at checkout save money, and support your new favorite podcast. Now, Aaron, I have a very important question for you to open up our, open up, open us up today. Yeah, let's get it, man. Would you ever join a mission to colonize another planet if it meant never returning to Earth? As in, you're going to this other planet solo. You're leaving everything on Earth behind that you love and hold dear, what say you? Uh, honestly, this was a hard one, man. Um, but ultimately, it's a yes. Um, obviously, we both have families, and, and we have a lot here that we care about. But um, for the next evolution of man, I think it's, it's going to be through space. And I'd, I'd love to be the the first wave of that, if you will. Okay, I see what you're saying there. I don't, I, I don't know if I could leave Earth to go to another planet and never know, knowing I'm never going to return. There's just something about that part that's knowing I'm never going to come back. Granted, if you civilize, if everything goes to plan, you probably can return. In what? How many years do you think it would take to return? Uh, honestly. Uh, I think the first wave is going to get wrecked. <laughs> we kind of have to set up shop there before uh, things can go smooth enough for us to even think about returning. I think uh, in, the, in the coming years, we'll we'll see that it's it's going to be a much harder feat than we think it is. So if you're part of that first wave, and let's say you survive that first wave, and the second wave gets there, you're still there, and things are progressing, kind of like in in Lightyear, for the people who haven't seen Light Lightyear, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but 
evolution happens, progress happens, resources happen. So if you're part of that, the second wave comes, third wave comes, how many years are you thinking like in that we're able to come back to earth? Mm, for me, in my head, it, it's got to be something substantial. It, it's got to be close to like 30, 40 years, maybe even 50, closer to 100. You know, nobody knows. It all depends on what happens when we get there. You know what I mean? We could crash land all of our resources and the whole mission's a bust, but it could also go the complete opposite way. So it's a give and take, but honestly, it's, it's a risk I'd be willing to take just to advance the race for my children, you know what I mean? Just to see what their generation could do with it. Yeah, no, I agree. And if we're looking like 25 to 50 years while on this planet at the idea of possibly coming back, does that change kind of where you stand on it, knowing that you're going to miss the next 25 to 50 years? You're not going to see your kids grow up. You're not going to see you know, your grandkids, you're not going to see them go through all their milestones of childhood and into adulthood and all that. For me personally, that's where I kind of lose it because I love being there for the first for my kids. I love being there for the first day at school. I love being there for holidays. I love being there for all that stuff. And knowing that I'm going to miss so many of those firsts, even yes, I'm doing something great for society and humanity. Man, I don't know if I could do it. That's just tough. Yeah, no, I I definitely get it, man. It's uh, like I told you, it was uh, it was one I wrestled with for a bit, thinking about um, but you know, I I think if the day does come where you know they sign up and or they have uh applications for it, you know, I mean, you can sign up to go be a mechanic, you know, which is what I do now. So, I mean, would I be willing to do it? Yeah, but it does come with a great sacrifice. Yeah, sacrifice indeed. And I don't, I'm just on the fence about, I can't say yes or no in my head, logically. Yes, it makes sense to go and do, but on like a personal level, just knowing everything that I'm giving up and it sounds selfish, but I don't think I could do it. I'd rather let the next person do it. That's probably more qualified. I don't know what qualification I would even be bringing other than a pretty face. Yeah, yeah, no, man. I mean, definitely my background and my work is, and I'm confident in, so uh, I think my skills would be, you know, not to sound arrogant, but they, they would be needed. And um, it, it's, like I said, like I said earlier, it's it's something that I'm sacrificing my children. So if I go and I'm the, the cornerstone of, of the building blocks for something my children can leapfrog off of, it's, it's more than worth it to me. You know what I mean? Because... Look at the state of things now on the earth. It's it's declining rapidly at, at best. <laughs> yeah, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. <laughs> well, if you're so if you go to this planet, you're colonizing. Obviously, you're a mechanic. I feel like my role would literally be a cheerleader. <laughs> like I would, hey, man. Hey. I would just be going to give moral support, be like, yeah, guys, yes, let's do it. Believe, stay there. I'd be freaking the Dan Campbell. Of that operation yeah <laughs> there you go yeah we need that man and it's it's there, there's gonna be a it's gonna be a big need for for every type of person you know what i mean it's you're basically setting up a a new civilization you know what i mean the first wave obviously is going to be more uh related to infrastructure and management but um 
from from the way things looked, man, they're they're pretty serious about it. Yeah, I think I'm going like third to fifth wave. <laughs> oh, you're like a value pick, huh? In the draft. Yeah, era. I'm basically I'm like, man, we got this guy in the third round. We're gonna send him on on fleet four. Yeah, there you go. We got a groom hidden gem. They're really gonna have to get me ready. They're really gonna have to develop me into what they want. Like I have this the raw attributes, but it's not there. It's not ready yet. So I'm a, I'm a fourth wave, I think, and I'm going just to cheer and to motivate and to rally, do a rally cry. I there think. you go. So hey, everyone's gonna <laughs> have to play a role. You know, I'm that I'm the 25th, I'm the 53rd man. You know. Yeah, I'm dude. 53rd I... man. I'm the guy that they're like. He has heart. Take, we'll keep him around. Lock him <laughs> Okay, so that that's our answer for that question, people. We want to know what you guys are going to do. Are you going? Are you staying? Let us know over on the Twitter sphere or on the Instagram. We'll post this question up there for you guys to answer. And we want your honest answer as to what you're doing and why you're doing it. So that moves us to our next topic, Aaron, the topic of perspective. We kind of got into a little bit there. It's really about how you look at it and about how you look at things in life. So for some context for perspective, I feel context is always very important for podcasting because we're not face-to-face with our listeners. We're not face-to-face even with each other. So context is super important and we'll always try to provide as much context as we can unless it's something specifically to have no context. So what is perspective? The dictionary defines perspective as a noun, a mental view or prospect, the interrelation in which a subject or its parts are mentally viewed, the capacity to view things in their true relations or relative importance. So Aaron, I want to swing to you first. Talk to me about perspective. Tell us about what perspective is. When you hear that word perspective, what's it mean? Where does your mind go? Uh, for me, it's it's um, the human experience, man. I mean, I mean every every single person you've ever met in your life has got a different perspective than you. Maybe similar, but um, for me, it, it, that's what it is, man. It's uh, all your experiences. Um, accumulate to your perspective you know what I mean the way you look at things the way you live your life um, your attitude towards certain things it's, it's all perspective and some of it is um, it's preloaded into you know what I mean by the way you're mm-hmm. raised and how you're parented but um, yeah a lot of it is through your life experiences and I, I agree it's through our life experiences it's what helps us understand other people to consider other beliefs, to consider their viewpoints. It helps give us a better understanding and of life. It gives us greater empathy, a higher emotional intelligence. It reduces bias or it can reduce bias. Of course, kind of like you said, it's that preloaded kind of, well, I don't even remember what you just said and you just said it, but it's basically that preloaded context to life, if you will. It's kind of just how we how we view life and 
what we use to to judge, to have bias, or to not have bias, hopefully our perspective leads us to not have bias and to reduce conflicts in our lives. So I mean, let, let's, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, let's be real, man. I mean, no matter, no matter what, what you try and do to, to make yourself, um, shielded from your, your bias, it, you're always going to have it. And it's, it's just a product of, like I said earlier, it's your, your experience. Um, certain things, traumas you go through or experiences you have, they, they brand a certain, certain attitude for you to have and, and your outlook on life changes with every good or bad experience you have. No, I agree. And that's where having the perspective almost comes in into play there. Being able to take that perspective and shift it to understand someone else's point of view on, on something. Because without that, I feel we, we lose a lot of that human connection, that very basic human connection where we're able to understand someone's point of view or even be willing. Yes, we, I agree, we all have our biases. We're always gonna have our biases, but we also have to have a perspective in which we can understand things and be open, open to the other person and what they're saying as well to try to see it from their point of view and understand their why you know what i mean yeah no i, I completely get you and um honestly man i think that's a, a big problem we have in society today um is people aren't willing to see someone else's perspective you know and it's it's something we've just been blasted with for like the past five years you know what i mean uh pro-trump versus anti-trump or yeah People are kind. People are kind. But no. I, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, crowd. Thank you, crowd. <laughs> I, I agree. No, the, crowd, the crowd's with you there. Keep going. Yeah, man. No, it's just, you know, these these past uh, four or five years, it's it's that's all you see. You know what I mean? It's, it's different perspectives. Um, Pro-life, you know, anti-abortion, uh, pro-gun, anti-gun. Like, it's, it's, it's all you see is, is just different perspectives, people with different views. And it's not even that it's just it's okay to have different views. It's okay to have different opinions. It's okay if, you know, you as a listener have a different opinion from your spouse or from your partner, from your parents or from your kids or from your aunt, uncle, brother, cousin, best friend, whatever. It's okay to have those different views. What's not okay is when you only have that view. You have no option of having a view whatsoever or even hearing the other side to me, at least. And that's kind of where society's at. It's either you're on my side you're either with me or you're against me. I totally you know agree. I mean? Yeah. And if if you're not with me, you're against me. And therefore, I don't like you. We can't be friends. We can't have any kind of relationship because of this one even small disagreement. You like pineapple on pizza. I don't like pineapple on pizza. You're wrong. I'm right. You know, even something as small as that can turn people against each other, ruin friendships, ruin you know, a whole relationship because of something so small and minuscule that's so yeah. blown out of proportion because we're not even willing to understand the other person or just accept them for who they are and be like, yo, I respect you like pineapple on pizza. You respect, I don't like pineapple on pizza. Awesome. We're different. That's what makes us unique and great as people. 
is that we we can be different. We can have different opinions yet still get along. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, a sidebar, pineapple does belong on pizza, just you just can. in case you... you... <laughs> but, um, but, uh... Oh, sorry, listeners, that's going to be the end of our first podcast. <laughs> um... No, man, I... I believe, um... I believe it's changing, man. I really do. I think people are starting to wake up from uh, from all the, the brainwashing and and just hypnotism that the media does, man. I mean, it's like they, they purposely polarize us against each other, and it's, it's so sad we forget that we're all human. You know what I mean? No matter at the end of the day, no matter what it is, is we're all sharing this experience together, even though it may be different through my eyes than it is to yours we're we're still experiencing everything together yeah we might be we'll be in the same moment together at the same time like right now we're all in this moment at the same time the listener you and me we're in this moment obviously but we all maybe some of the listeners agree with you unfortunately they like pineapple on pizza or they they agree (laughs) with me and they're great um crowd what do you think pineapple on pizza No pineapple on pizza. That was incredible. Right. But no, and I feel like a lot of people don't even know where to start to to kind of gain this. And you know, I if you will, I, I found five easy tips on from Forbes. So of course this is gonna be for a work environment or a business perspective. However, it's they're applicable in your daily life. So if you will, listeners, you want to know five easy steps, I got you right now. And Aaron, feel free to interject with your thoughts on these at any moment. So the first step, stop and walk away from what you're doing. Two, fight the inclination to ruminate on what you were doing. Instead, allow yourself to think freely. Three, return to the task and think big picture. And then four, reach out to colleagues. Five, refocus on the work. But the third one is what I really wanted to kind of hit on. Kind of like you were just mentioning, think big picture. I feel that's so important when it comes to perspective. Kind of like you're saying that we're all living the shared experience together. So when you think big picture, tied with perspective, where does your mind go? Honestly, it's it's deep for me, man. I I think it, it goes all the way deep into spirituality. I mean, we're all, we all share a, a consciousness, you know what I mean? We all, you know, it, it, the, the golden rule, for instance, you know, treat others as you would want to be treated. You know, I think there's something deeper to that. And it's, um, although I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I let myself, my ego get the best of me and I, I lose my perspective. But uh, for the most part, I like to think of, of myself as someone who, who keeps that in mind quite a bit and it, it affects my decision-making quite, I think quite often. I'm always finding myself asking myself, you know, what's, what's, how can I shift my perspective to try and understand another person or, or, you know, like you said, step away and, and reevaluate things, you know, now uh, being a father, all the decisions that I make now are, they affect more than just myself. So 
it's a big thing for me to be able to step back and just reevaluate things and try and change my perspective. Yeah, no, and it's it's tough. It's tough, especially, you know, doing so many things in life, work, family, normal social interactions. You know, so many of your actions have ramifications on your on your kids and your families. You know, the way you may say something to your partner will then have a ripple effect down the road for your daughter, you know, or vice versa, or toward your parents or toward her parents or you know there's so many things that you really have to think about because you want to think about how this is going to affect them later how is this going to affect me later and having that filter is so important as well but it's also that same part of it where we want to be able to have that empathy to be able to put ourselves in someone else's shoes you know what i mean to be able to walk a mile in their shoes because that's the only way we can truly try to understand someone is we try to put ourselves in that in their shoes and I feel like that's, mm, yeah. that's important. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, it, it's it's hard, man. It's like you said, it's hard. Um, I tend to be a hothead over things. I let my 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 temper get the best of me. But um, you know, having having kids really changed that, man. And it's it's got a lot to do with understanding uh, different perspectives on things. And uh, I think it's it's honestly a skill that you learn once you mature and whether it be, you know, added responsibility at work or having kids. Like I think everyone goes through a phase in life where you start to gain the appreciation for other people's perspectives or um, different situations. You know what I mean? Like you, you just, you start to become a keen to the way you look at things affects your decision making you know you start to become aware of it as whereas as a, a child you you don't really think about that at all you know what I mean or or even as a, a teenager or young adult yeah and especially as a child like you just don't get it like when me and I was taking my oldest daughter school shopping and we were buying a couple extra supplies one or two of you know mostly everything on her list so that we could then donate it as well like, why are we why are we donating this stuff to everything that we got the extra scissors the glue whatever it was why are we getting this extra stuff to donate why are we doing this and it just kept repeating to her where we're doing this because we we're helping those who are less fortunate than us that need it because not everyone else's mommies and daddies can afford it or are having a hard time so they're not able to afford all these these school supplies that they need so we're helping we're helping them because we can we can do that we're able to do that and we always should do that you know, it's just that those small things that we do with our kids to try to teach them the big perspective, to try to see it a little bit bigger than they are, you know, at five, six years old to, to help them or even any age, it's important to continue to teach that or try to instill that throughout, throughout the developmental years, that it's not always about you. It's more about the things that you can do and what you can do to help other people, which is for mm. me part of the big picture. Yeah, no, that's a banger, man. That's that's uh, that's the whole thing for me right there. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> that was so yeah, man. No, it's it's uh, it's all about being selfless, man. Um, at the end of the day, you can be a billionaire and still be the saddest person on earth. You know, it's it's about um, 
how you affect others and, and the mark that you leave, you know, whether, whether it's big or small, you know, you leave a mark, whether it's on your kids, on your family that's close to you or your friends at work, what you do affects other people mm-hmm. and it, it affects their perspective of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, also just share a quote that I found here that's really interesting about perspective is everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. Everything we see is perspective, not the truth. That's from Marcus Aurelius. And I really love that. Kind of like what you just said. You know, it's about what we see is a perspective, not the truth. The truth is going to be con- the view of the person that's watching it. The only thing that you can do is what you can do and knowing that you're doing the right thing in your heart. If you know you're not doing the right thing, you know, stop and evaluate. And that's as far as I'll get into that. But um, Aaron, any any last thoughts on perspective for the people? Um, you know, man, I, I, I just say, um, have an open mind. You know, it's, it's, I know it's tough to do. It's not really something that's encouraged in today's world, but um, hear out the, the other side that you're so polarized against or you're so, you know, anti. Um, I think there's a lot of perspective to be gained from just listening. I agree. And I agree 100%. So that brings us into our next topic. And can I get a drum roll? Very long drum roll it felt, but... (laughs) The next topic that, you know, I kind of wanted, I wanted us to jump into and to talk about is split family. So for the listeners, here comes a whole lot of context coming to you real fast. And we feel context is important so that you can kind of understand our perspective on things. See, we're tying it all together already. Look at us go. I feel that this would be a great place to provide some context for this topic for listeners. So Aaron, did you and I grow up together? Uh, no, absolutely are, not. Are we half-brothers? Yes. Do we share a biological mother or father? Yes. It was an or question. Oh, mother, I'm sorry. The <laughs> <laughs> people, people like it. The people that was funny. Um, but no, so yes, if you're, if you're gasping while you're listening to this right now, Everything he said is 100% true. We did not grow up together. We're half brothers and we share a biological mother. That's it. I grew up with my maternal grandparents. So I grew up with my maternal, my mom's mom and my step grandpa until he passed away when I was eight, year old, eight years old. And then you, Aaron, who, did, who were you raised by? Uh, I was raised by my great aunt and uncle on my dad's side. Okay, so your fraternal aunt and uncle. Yes. Okay, so our our families also didn't really talk too much growing up. My grandma didn't really talk to your to your aunt or your mom and dad, as you call them. Our families didn't really talk. Both of our dads weren't really in most, if not all, of our lives, and our biological mother has never been in our lives for either of us. Now, as adults, your happily 
married, partnered, for however the people want to, you know, hear that. I'm over here, divorced, co-parenting, single, ready to mingle. Which there you go. Is, there you go. Positive perspective. <laughs> you know, um, um, people, people, people. They, man, they must like that I'm single, ready to mingle, but. Which is why I feel like this is such a great topic for us to talk about because of our perspectives on families, knowing that we both grew up in air quotes here, broken homes, which actually doing my research isn't the word anymore for what the, the situations we grew up in. It's like a very taboo um, in like the psychology world is broken homes, not really supposed to be used anymore. That's your fun fact of the day. Huh. So now the word for it is split families or step families blended families bonus family among other terms however for me i really see the split family concept in a very positive light for me personally i feel it was the best thing for me growing up i feel i'm much better off now than i was how, how do you feel about it what's your initial take on this concept um, I, I have a very positive outlook on it because, um, my family has always, well, my parents have always treated me as if I was, you know, theirs and I've, I've never felt you know, any other way, but, um, on the topic itself, I think you and I are very fortunate because a lot of times in this certain situation, um, it can be harmful and it's, you know, hurtful, creates a lot of um, negative energy, if you will, in the world. Um, just off the bat, I can think of a few people that I know that were in a similar situation as us, but just weren't as fortunate. And they just have no real connection with their family. So it's, it's really a blessing. I agree. We, we both are very, very fortunate that we had people who stepped up for us, that wanted us, that cared for us, that were there for us to raise us as their own and to never make us feel any different. However, there, there are a lot of things that are missed out on that you and I both missed out on. Siblings, obviously, we both missed out on each other growing up together, um, having a stronger relationship with other siblings. I have other half siblings that I don't really have a strong relationship with stronger bonds with other parts of the extended family and of course again you I we missed out on sharing that together however overall when a family is split I, I really do think it does it can and does help the child the children in the picture have a better situation kind of going off that what what have you seen as the benefits for yourself in your situation or in others around you that you would say are have been a positive impact? Um, just to dive into our personal situation, um, uh, to be honest with you, um, for a little bit of context, as you would say, <laughs> um, I, I don't hold any negative view of our mother, but... Um, our situation, I believe it was the best thing for us. Uh, she wasn't ready for a kid in this world. And um, as a child growing up, I could never understand it. But now being a parent, um, 
I do understand the sacrifice she made. Um, it's um, it's hard, yes, and it it would have been. There's all those things you think of, you know. Oh, I didn't get to share my life with Jewel or growing up, but in time, it's like even though we probably would have been a lot worse off or in a, a way more negative environment. I, I agree. I feel like there, there would have been a lot of things wrong. You know, I feel like we both would have probably come up with a lot more trauma than initially we, we both had just from the situation and the confusion. And I feel that that definitely would have been a negative. I feel like neither of us probably would have developed into the people we are today without the circumstances as they were. And, you know, obviously you and I have had different experiences with our biological mother, just that she, I was raised by the maternal family, you were raised by your paternal family. And so you and I have a bunch of different experiences, but for me, you know, now being on the other end as a parent and then being in a situation where I'm co-parenting, honestly, I, I can see the benefits for my, for my kids. You know, I, my two daughters, they're five and one. I see a lot of benefits. You know, there's more one-on-one -on -one time that I get to have with them. Despite, you know, all the difficulties of the divorce, the one-on-one -on -one time is great. It's a great bonding opportunity for us. You know, there's, there's less time overall between work and just the, the parenting arrangement as it is. But the quality of that time is so much better. It's because we're, I'm more focused on them and I'm more focused and the time is more valuable to me. And so, and I feel like we wouldn't have had that growing up. You know, we wouldn't have had any valuable time. We, we probably still would have been incredibly because we only would have had each other to get through it all. But now as, as parents, you know, a lot like you said, I, I get it. I get I kind of get why she did it. Will I ever not be a little bit upset and hold a little bit of resentment that's still there or remember kind of those feelings that I had that from the situation, I'll always have those. Mm, yeah. But there's also that part of it, a lot like you said, that you, you get it now. And I, I agree with you. I get it. So for you, for your family, your situation, what was probably like the hardest thing growing up when just growing up in the situation? Hmm. So um, I would have to say it would have to be who my father is in my family. Um, my dad's the, the black sheep of the family. So I, it, it may not have been this way, but I always felt like I got the, the rap, his rap, you know what I mean? I, I I got his legacy thrown over me, and it was always, uh, oh, you're going to end up just like him, or, you know, it's it's just, there's there's something to prove, you know what I mean? There's there's a chip on my shoulder for that, and it's um, no knock against him, you know what I mean? He's, he's been through his own life and his own experiences, but um, it was just something that always loomed over me and and something that i i used as a motivation so 
in a sense it was negative, but at the same time I was able to use it and turn it into something positive. No, I love that. I love that. For me, it was a lot of the same. I would say the hardest thing was just the concept of what family was. You know, obviously growing up in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, you still kind of had that typical, that prototypical family from the 90s kind of carried over before it really evolved mid 2000s, 2010s into what it is more common today of, you know, the split family co-parenting situation. Um, And so it was really confusing for me personally to see, like, I have a grandma you have a mom and a dad. I don't have a mom and a dad. You have siblings. I have siblings, but I don't know my siblings. I just know I have siblings, but I don't know my siblings. And it was so awkward growing up, especially after I got to know my siblings on my dad's side. It's like, oh yeah, I have a sister. I have a half brother who I never met, never talked to, but I have a half brother. I never, but I have a half brother. And then I have this, this sibling, this sibling, this sibling. It was always just so weird, you know, it was like, just, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, except yeah. it makes sense to us because we lived it. You don't, it's one of those things that you don't really get unless you lived it. And a lot of the time it was like, oh, well, I'm so sorry that you don't know your brother. It's like, sorry, right, I'll get to know him someday. I always kept that. Like, I always knew that there was going to be a time that we finally found each other, you know, united and we we had that relationship we didn't have as kids. Yeah, no, and it, it's um, it, it's always been something in the back of my head, you know, growing up as a kid. And I think that's that's where it comes into play Get in that situation is um, the psychological effect. And it's uh, from, from my own experience and, and what I gather with my close friends that come from the split family. And um, honestly, even my wife, my wife, her, her parents are split up. She has a stepfather. And from what I gather, it's the feeling of why did it happen? And you put a lot of the blame on yourself when in all reality, it wasn't not in spite of you, but maybe to better you or to keep you from certain outcomes that, that weren't wanted. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's very rare that I see it that the parent is just like just doesn't want the children you know what I mean it's 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 always for a reason yeah no I agree and you know I definitely blame myself for being unlovable unwanted it looks like most kids do in that situation and I hope my kids never feel that way I never make it seem like they feel that way but you know there are there are benefits that I actually found kind of from children of divorced parents, but also are applied to, you know, kind of what we both went through as well. You know, where kids can, who do go through these situations can be more helpful by nature, more caring, more tolerant because of their experience. You know, we understand, we have like a different set of emotions kind of programmed into us from the beginning, having to understand and explain these things and be like, yeah, I, I don't have a, I have a brother I don't, I haven't met. Yeah. And then kind of keep going, you know. And the fact that, you know, we had to go through this gave, gave us practical skills, at least for me, I can say my, 
these skills were probably better than others, and I'm sure yours were probably better in these areas as well. Um, just from knowing you, I can say they are. Um, Problem-solving skills are usually a little bit better in kids from this situation. If mm. handled right, children can mature and evolve and develop in ways that they wouldn't have done in a normal married environment. So there are benefits to it, and I feel like those benefits are lifelong there's also the negative as well but that's also on those individuals as they get older to take responsibility for it and to to heal from that you know what i mean mm, yeah no definitely and uh, another another note that you since you brought that up is uh i, I think the a big benefit that we're going to see in our generation is that the kids that went through it don't want their kids to go through it. And so you're going to have people who are more willing to put time into a relationship and, and for their kids, you know, or at least try. Whereas uh, someone who didn't go through that wouldn't really, you know, pay it any mind or give it a second thought. No, I, I agree. It definitely makes you more mindful of that to be able to make sure you don't pass that forward because you never want your own kids to feel what you, you felt. You want better for your kids than what you had. Yeah, of course, man. And honestly, I think, um, I think that's a lot of why we see the atmosphere around co-parenting and, and, you know, having a healthy relationship with an ex-wife or an ex-husband, you know, I, I, that's more normalized nowadays before it's like, you know, if, if there's a, a set of people who get divorced and, you know, they hate each other and usually one person gets the rights to the children and it, it destroys a family. But mm -hmm. I, I see now, like in your situation, like uh, it's not the best, you know what I mean? It's not like a perfect world, but no. you guys make it great for the kids. You know what I mean? You guys. And I think there's, there's a, like you said, there's a benefit to it. You know what I mean? There's, they get the best of both worlds. I agree. So I'll, I'm going to wrap us up here. Do you have any final thoughts on this topic? Um, honestly, man, I, I, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there, but we'll, we'll just leave it there. We'll... Tons. We don't got to unpack our, our childhood trauma onto, onto the listener here. Um, so I just want to end it with a quote. At least I don't want to, I say that for my therapist. So I pay her. Light. So I found this awesome quote by William Woodsworth. Um, and listener, if you guys don't know already from listening to Let's Talk, I absolutely love quotes. And I feel like they're just simple reminders and they're easy things to remember for, for these topics. But life is divided into three terms. That which was, which is, and will be. Let us learn from the past to profit by the present and from the resent to live better in the in the future in the further is what it says so basically learn from your past make your lesson from the past profit your present so that you're not resenting later in life basically what it's saying so don't let your experiences go on to your kids so that they resent you later in life and instead of putting you in a nice nursing home or asking you to come live with, <laughs> or asking you to come live with them and they'll take care of you and they love you and they'll bring you soup and bed every day and they're just gonna stick you in a nursing home and go broke because they don't want to deal with you. So 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. I needed that. I needed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little, <laughs> a little rough. <laughs> that was a little rough. Tough crowd, tough crowd. But we're gonna get into our final segment here, and I am so excited for this one. Headliners. What headliners is for the listeners is Aaron and I both picked two obscene headlines from articles in the news. We did not share these with each other prior to the public. In our show doc, I had mine blacked out, so I told him if he unblacks them and he looks at them, I will end his life. I had a hit ready. I called off the hit. He didn't do it. So here we are tonight. We both have two hilarious, I think mine are hilarious. So you're kicking us off on this one. What's your first headline? Um, you know, I, I was going to go the funny route, but um, this was actually the, the two articles that I chose. They're a lot more, uh, not on a serious note, but they're just not as funny. They're not funny. Um, so I have a video shows group brutally attacking street vendor at Dockweiler Beach. Uh, this was surprising to me. I mean, it's. it's a cell phone video caught uh, a group of late teens to 20s brutally attacking a a street vendor uh, at Dockwater Beach and it's crazy to me man it it just shows the state of the world you know it's it's changing man it's definitely the the people that don't know where Dockwater Beach is it's not me because I definitely know but where is Dockwater Beach (laughs) <laughs> it's uh it's near LAX actually. It's uh local to me. Okay. So they basically just attacked a random street vendor just for no reason? Was there a reason? Uh there's a skirmish before. I guess there's an argument over um the the I guess the people who attacked him were customers at first and, and weren't happy with something and ended up being a, a big fiasco interesting that's yeah it's just it's it's a shocking one man you know i knew you were gonna bring the comedy so i i had to to highlight something that i think is a is something that needs to change man something that needs to be addressed you know that guys be kind of fast food service workers one of the biggest red flags if you're single and you're you're listening to this one of the biggest red flags that I would say 90% of men or women have. The men are my single friends. The women are the women I have talked to. One of the biggest red flags is being rude to anyone in the service industry. If you're rude to anyone in the service industry, oh, thank you, thank you people. Uh, (laughs) If you're rude to anyone in the service industry, there's something wrong with you, not the service industry. Like, yes, they could suck, but they're also getting paid probably less than minimum wage. And they probably hate their lives or they're teenagers. And so they have a manager who is just trying to basically herd big cats at that point and just keep everyone focused long enough to get through the day. So keep that in mind. Just be kind of food service workers. They're just trying to make a living, especially if they're street vendors. That literally is their living. Be kind. But my All right, favorite, so um, 
Sorry, I thought I was going to do my second one. Go ahead. Oh, you can hit your second one. All right, so this is an older article, but it, it just it struck me right away when I read it, and it's hilarious. It says, one-armed man applauds the kindness of strangers. <laughs> there you go. Man, what? Okay. What, why is he applauding? What, what was the kindness of these strangers? Uh, so these guys, these guys were um, watching. <laughs> they were, they were, uh, they were giving out food to the homeless people, and this this man, I guess, was reading the newspaper, having his lunch, and he he only has one arm. And so, in the the article, it says that this man just started slapping his thigh <laughs> and applauding them, and and got their attention and. You know, just good job on on what they were doing. And okay, tell me why people in like their forties. I'm pretty sure it's like an after age of forty thing, because I don't see it with anyone under the age of forty. But that's just how they clap when they think something's like mildly entertaining or funny, or they're cheering at a game or something. They just clap their thigh. They just clap on their thigh. Because uh, yeah, dude, but this guy. Kind of... Is it too much effort after you're 40 to like clap with your hands? Yeah, dude, but this guy only had one arm. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, I, I was just saying that I've seen, I'm pretty sure it's strictly in men over 40. So I guess we got a few years, you know, a bit over a decade before we both get there, and we'll let you guys know. So my first one here. Cat food brand will let humans eat its latest fancy feast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you mm -hmm. want to eat cat food? Negative. Okay. Well, you don't have to. Fancy Feast announced its plans for Gato Bianco, a pop-up restaurant in New York City. It's no tall tale. I just love the wordplay in this article. Cat food brand Fancy Feast wasn't kitten around this week <laughs> when it announced it would temporarily open a temporary cat food inspired restaurant for humans in New York City. Basically, it's just a two a two day pop up. It's an Italian style restaurant culinary experience inspired by the brand's food. So basically, they're taking the flavors of like the cat food and putting it into human food. You know, it's all made possible. By the brand chef Amanda Hassner and Mike Lentz, uh, star winning um, Italian chef Cherise Casella. It's going to be in New York. It's actually to today, August 11th, and tomorrow, August 12th. There's eight dinners. Reservations are booked literally like an hour after this was announced. So people in New York are wild. So I just thought it was, I just love the wordplay made possible. They're kitten. They weren't kitten around this time. No tall tail. <laughs> Those are the best parts. My second one. Okay, before I get into the second one, so that people know, Aaron, dogs or cats? Oh, it's dogs, dude, for sure. Okay. Your paws had me worried there that you were actually thinking about that question. Dogs for sure. Oh, we're no. dog people. We both have we both have puppies actually. My puppy's 10, 11 months old. His birthday's next month. And yours is what six months old? Uh, about yeah, she's getting she's seven actually. 
seven months old. Uh, we will post puppy pictures on our Instagram. So make sure you follow over at Young Dad Podcast on Instagram or Young Dad Pod on Instagram. My second one, man pushes peanut peanuts up Colorado mountain using unconventional body parts. <laughs> Do you want to guess what body part he used? <laughs> and get your mind out of the gutter. Everyone listening, get your mind out of the gutter. Um, I'm going to go... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go stomach on this one, dude. Stomach. The man did so. More context here. The man did most of his push at night, on his way up to the fourteen thousand one hundred fifteen foot summit. Oh. So are we locking in stomach as final answer? No, dude. That takes a lot of core strength. Um, it's got to be back. Well, no, it's unconventional, so. I don't know. Listener, lock in your answer now. A 53-year-old Colorado man didn't crack under pressure as he pushed a peanut to the top of a 14,000-foot summit. Colorado Springs resident Bob Salem marked it. It took seven days to push a peanut up Pike's Peak on Friday last week, a couple weeks ago, uh, about a month ago actually now. The man decided to let his nose do the pushing. Oh! His nose had the aid of a homemade contraption, a CPAP sleeping machine with a duct tape spoon to it. Hey, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing as people? <laughs> if some guy is pushing up a peanut up Pike's Peak. So, would you believe oh, me if I told you this isn't this isn't the first time someone's done this? Oh, there's no way, dude. In a segment on mountains, peanut pushers, Texas craftsman Bill Williams did a journey to win with a peanut to win fifty dollars on a bet in nineteen twenty nine. So we're talking big money back in nineteen twenty nine. In 1963, a guy named Ulysses Baxter pushed a peanut up a mountain in eight days, a record at the time. A day, he did it to celebrate the city of Manitou Springs, 150th birthday. And he is the first person in the 21st century to complete the push. And he went through about two dozen peanuts along the way. Hmm. And it was a 12.6-mile yeah, route. That's rough, dude. It's very rough. Like, oh, man. I just I just couldn't believe it. When I read this, I'm like, oh, man, what body part did he use? That's what got me hooked up on this one. But, people, if you guys have some amazing headlines to us on the Twitter, on the Instagram on you can email us you can go to the blog uh you can go several places to submit these twitter instagram will get you a quicker response and we would love to get those entries from you aaron what did you learn today hmm I learned that a man pushed a peanut 
up a mountain with his nose. And I learned that, well, I didn't learn it. I realized that I would be absolutely useless to help colonize another planet. <laughs> hey, man. Utterly useless. We, we need cheerleaders, all right? We need them. And I would be a great cheerleader. So that is going to do it for us today on the Young Dad Podcast. We hope you enjoyed your talk and your snack with us today. Again, we want to let you know kind of our, not our tagline, but more just something we want to give you a reminder of, that you're worthy, you're loved, you are enough, and you're doing a great job. Make sure you join our communities on Twitter and Instagram at Young Dad Pod. Make sure you subscribe on the YouTube, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We are on, what, I told you what, four different platforms for podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Amazon, Audible Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Anchor. That's five. We're on five different platforms. So you can find us pretty much wherever you podcast. If you podcast somewhere that's not one of those, let us know on YouTube so that we can get on there for you. Make sure you join us next time for our next great episode. And maybe later this week, we'll have another thrilling next talk. I don't know. Just hit me while I'm working during the work day and I make those. And lastly, a shout out to our final partner of the podcast, the coldest brand, the coldest water. These water bottles are incredible. They work personally for me better than Yeti and Hydro Flask. If you're a Hydro Flask or a Yeti truther, you can at least give the coldest brand a shot. We can help you out. Use the code BALLBOY10 at checkout. You can get a fancy new water bottle. You can get a customized dog bowl. You can get a, a cooling pillow to like sleep with if you sleep hot. This will cool you down. You can get a bed. Or you can get body-sized ice packs for maximum recovery with that discount code. And you can also support the podcast while you're doing it. Aaron, any final thoughts for the people? Uh, yeah, dude, that coldest water bottle that we got, that thing is amazing. That's it. Go and check out the link. They have gallon water bottles. They have jugs. There's everything you can think of. Beautiful colors. They have can koozies, everything. Everything you could think of that you would want to keep something cold. It really works. It's been the top-rated water bottle brand for five years in a row now, going back to 2017 by the big magazine companies. They're legit. They're great. Great partner. Save yourself some money and thank us later. Aaron, we love the people, don't we? Oh, we love them. Without the people, we're nothing. Absolutely. People, we thank you so much. Thanks for coming and joining us today on the Young Dad Podcast. Until next time.